0: Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Awesome, awesome. Hey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started this morning. I want to pray. Lord, just move me out of your way, Lord. Lord, have your way in this place. Lord God, speak to your people Lord God, not, let today not be a, a sermon, Lord God, but let it be an experience of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. <clears> have <throat> great news, y'all ready for it? Yeah. Our fast ends today. Yeah, yeah, yeah Y'all sound like y'all even been fasting too much, because I, woo! I know for like about day four or day five, I was like, man, I'm feeling awfully skinny. <laughs> and my mirror didn't agree my scale is a liar the truth is not in him right but now today today ends our 21 days of prayer and fasting a couple of you we planned on having dinner a lunch on the grounds today after service we've canceled that one because the grounds are frozen and two because you cannot possibly find and get 300 people on the same page of what they want to eat at the end of a fast all right, there's just, there's just no way. Like I was like, just hot dogs and chili. It's easy. Like, I am not eating hot dogs and chili at the end of 21 days of fasting. So I was like, all right, well. But here's what we encourage you to do, though. We encourage you to take a moment, share a meal with another family in the church, and just let them know what God has done. And Look, for me personally, the Lord just told me to slow down. Because I can be very, uh, very stringent, very strict with my schedule, and, and it's okay to, to have a strict uh, schedule of what you do throughout the day and be very organized, but that doesn't mean that you have to do a million things within one day. Because when that begins to happen, it's almost like you start just checking boxes like you went through, and the whole idea of excellence just goes right out the window. And the Lord was just like, hey, slow down. You may do half as many things, but you're going to do them twice as good. I think the Lord's very strategic in in what he wanted me to teach today, and I'm going to be teaching you the tabernacle prayer. And and I know when I say that, somebody could be like, oh, look. This whole time I thought it was going to be like a a teaching heavy sermon and the Lord kept turning the volume up every single time I was sitting down to write this. So let's just see what he does with it. But this isn't just a sermon. I'm praying that we experience the Holy of Holies, God's presence, as we just begin to embrace who he is and what he does in our lives. And the the reason it's so strategic is because I'm bringing you this sermon at the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. But that doesn't mean, like, look, our prayer room is till, right? Till Jesus comes, we will have a prayer room in this church. Look, The 21 days of praying, and fasting, that just got you ready for the game. That, that was the kickoff for what God wants to do in your life this year. It was just preparing you. It wasn't the whole thing. It was just getting you ready for what God wants to do. As the Lord was teaching me just in in slow down, something that he told me, and and I want you to, I just want to give this to you, my revelation, I, I hope that it, maybe it speaks to you, maybe it doesn't, but when the Lord told me to slow down, what he was telling me is that every experience, every situation is an experience that God can use in our lives. And some are good, and some aren't so fun, but they're all teachable moments from him. And when we begin to just look at things and even even a prayer template like what I'm teaching today, when we begin to look at it as just checking boxes off, we fail to experience what God wants to do in that moment. So I'd say even as as I I share with you today, hey, I just want you to experience what God has in the moment. You know, years ago, when Rach and I started ministering, Uh, Pastor Devin was so awesome. He was like, hey, you know, he invited us on the staff as a a children's pastor. And I was like, I don't even know how to write a sermon. You know, like I'm just trying to figure this whole thing out. So they begin to just give us resources. And one thing they did was they sent us this incredible uh, kids ministry conference in Chicago. So we flew to Chicago. We got to rent a car. And has anybody ever been to Chicago? All right. They have tolls everywhere. Like every time you get off of interstate or get on interstate, like there is a toll to get on interstate. And this is, why, this is one of the things why I want to share out of my heart today is that, look, if you don't have a method, if you don't have a process by which you embrace, embrace the presence of God and you keep getting off the freeway of seeking God, it'll cost you something. It'll cost you time. It'll cost you all kinds of things that were meant for God to be embraced in your life. And I just want, I want to share this with you so you can just stay on the highway to seek the Lord, to his presence, to embrace who he is, to have him in every facet of your life. Amen? Amen. The name of today's message is, Lord, I want more of you. Everybody say that. Lord, I want more of you. Awesome. Hey, look, if I had to, uh, if I had to take and communicate the entire identity and idea for our prayer room into one scripture, it would be this. It would be Exodus 25.8. Exodus 25.8 says this. Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. Let them construct a sanctuary for me, for him, that he may dwell among them. I'm gonna come back to that in just a little while. Let me give you a little background on the, the tabernacle that I want to teach today. You can find it in the book of Exodus. There was uh, Moses, right? And you see Moses, and at the end of, of Genesis, he becomes the character in the story, of, in God's story that he gave us in the Bible. And See, he goes to Pharaoh, and he's like, let my people go. Y'all know, a lot of y'all. I talked to Gen Z with TikTok. I had to bring my boomers, too, you know? So... uh so they leave and they go into the wilderness and the Israelites wander through the wilderness for 40 years, 40 years. Now, we have the idea that they just wandered through there, but God did amazing things in that time. You know, that it may, we may think that they were in the wilderness, but actually God led them the entire time. Look, in Exodus 13, verse 21 and 22, it says, the Lord was going before them in the pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. He did not take the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Even in the wilderness, he's still leading us. It, it, even in the moment, or the way maker, right, even when I don't see you, you're working. Even when I don't feel you, you're working. Even in the moments where we're like, I, I really feel like I'm in wilderness, right? God is still working. He's still preparing a place for you. He's still leading you somewhere. You know, you can look at the, the tabernacle that they constructed as the first portable church. Right? As, it it kind of became a thing a few years ago in uh. You know, I got a few of my my River City people here, but but we were in Laplace for five years. And for the first three years, we set up and broke down every Sunday morning in Laplace Elementary Cafeteria. It is hard work to be a portable church. It took 24 man hours to have a service every Sunday morning. It, It took... It took a group of guys, like Nathan here, he's in the back, Nathan would show up at my house. I had the trailer hooked up to my truck. He would take the truck. Garland, you guys, you come and get the truck. Cody, you guys, they would come, they would get the truck before I'd get there. They'd set up all these curtains around where we're gonna meet. They'd set up chairs, the whole sound system. Everything had to be all put together in order for us to have service every Sunday morning. So when I think about the idea of of the tabernacle and how, like I have a whole new experience and understanding of what this was like. Because look, there there would be times where the the Lord would move and they'd have to pick up all the pieces of the tabernacle, pack them into what they had as as a trailer, which was just people carrying things on poles, right? They'd have to bring it and when God would stop, they'd stop right there. And sometimes he would move in the middle of the night. But he always led them. Even in the wilderness, you know what's interesting is in our uh, in our prayer rooms. We're not looking for perp- perfect musicians. We're just looking for people who have a talent, but are led of the Lord. You know, I have I have the opportunity and the honor of uh, of leading with Miss Donna on uh where are you at here, somewhere I saw you sang up here there you are right there I love that shirt too, Grace. Uh, grace was uh, gratitude and grit. Go, oh, come on! I was I was writing a sermon in my head while she was singing up there. But you know what's awesome is that, like, at the end of every at the end of every time, I'm not like. And she has a great voice. She is beautiful, but I'm like every single time when you sing, and I feel the Lord like like just marinating in a moment, just speaking in the moment. It's like you always stop right there and you just just hey, let's just have a moment for the Lord right here. And and, and that is what our prayer rooms are about. It's like make room for God to move in our lives. That's what it's all about. It's making a sanctuary for him to dwell. And I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about making a sanctuary in here because we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You, look, you don't have to have this church building. You don't have to have me, this incredible worship team, and Abby. It's like when she hits a note, I just feel the Holy Spirit move, right? Like, you don't even have to have any of that to experience the presence of God because you are a sanctuary from which he dwells. Yeah. You have his presence in you. I feel like I'm gonna fall on this thing every time I step on it. You know what's funny is... uh. A lot of times we can think that, that prayer is all about moving God's heart. It's really not. Prayer is about moving us closer to God. And look, when, when, when he does draw near to us. But he knew, he knows everything. His plan is set in motion. It's about getting our heart aligned with his so that we can walk with him. You know, I had a... a, a We were praying for people on Wednesday and I had a word for somebody and I was like, man, the the Lord is just like, you know, he's saying that that there's a storm against you and there's like a wind blowing against you, but the Lord's, he's like, he's right behind you. And he's saying, just walk in my rhythm. Just walk in my rhythm. When I slow down, you slow down. When I speed up, you speed up. When, when, I, when I command the wind to stop, you command the wind to stop. And that's what it's about. It is all about the rhythm of God moving that we are embracing in that moment of prayer that really changes who we are. There's it, it, it power that comes with it, right? Those are the moments where we begin to say, I bless you. Those are the moments that begin to walk in authority and boldness. I gotta get today's message because, wow. right? I ain't even started on tabernacle yet. Walking God's rhythm. You know, the, the Israelites had a tornado by day and a tornado of fire by night. That's probably one of the best words we can use to describe it. But we have the indwelling Holy Spirit that leads us. And let me say this about prayer, and I'll get into the process. God does not mind emergency meetings. He doesn't mind those at all. However, if our relationship with God is only emergency meetings, we've merely treated him as a safety net. We have to set time aside that we're gonna say, you know what, Lord, I'm gonna set this time aside so I can begin to walk in the rhythm of what you're doing in my life. I'm not just gonna keep asking you to catch me when I fall, but you will, but he wants to show you so much better. Just walk with him. All right, The the first part of the tabernacle that I wanna teach you about today it's called the gate of Thanksgiving. And if you can kind of picture it in your head, I almost put a picture up here, but it was like, look, I'm gonna start going really fast probably through this. If, uh, if you're taking notes, I love you. You are my people, because it's not real until it's written down. If it, it, write this in your notes right now, nick at the WellspringChurch.org. okay? Send me an email. I'll send you all of my notes from today, okay? Because I got a lot of scriptures and I'm gonna start moving a little quicker. So the first, so, so the tabernacle itself looks like there are curtains, All the way around, and then there's a gate called the gate of thanksgiving. And we always talk about the idea that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, right? This is literally where this would happen. It's Psalms 100, verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. You know, thanksgiving puts us in the proper perspective to engage God's presence, it's not that God says, you can't come and talk to me until you thank me. No, it's preparing our hearts, right? You ever heard, the, uh, stop telling uh, God about my problems, start telling my problems about my God? That is the moment where that begins to get flipped over. It's the moment where we just say, God, I just thank you for what you've already done. Lord, I, 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 Lord, I, I love you. You are just incredible. You know, John 10:9 says, I am the door, and if anyone enters through me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the gate. He is the way, the truth, and the life. When, when I say enter, his, his, enter the, the, the gate of thanksgiving, his, his, his gates with thanksgiving and courts with praise, I, this, this is what I'm talking. Do you remember the moment where you first fell in love with him? Do you remember the moment where you came to the realization that Jesus died on the cross for my literal sins, the things that I I put my hand to that was not of God? Jesus died for that. He took lashings at the whipping post for me, for those decisions that I made, even though he was perfect. And he never needed to go through that, that he took that for me. He had a crown of thorns put on his head because I'm going to make bad decisions in my life. But he says, you know what? I'm going to set you free from those bad decisions. He was nailed to a cross. He died for our sins and he did it for me. Thank you. God, you remember that moment? That's the kind of thanksgiving and praise when you walk in like, oh, that's a heart ready for God to do something. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Yes. If you're watching here, I'm giving you prayer examples of all of these things too. It was right there. The brazen altar, we're still in the outer court. At, uh, so there was an outer court where the curtains were around, there was a gate of thanksgiving, and then there was the brazen altar. And look, the curtains around it represented separation from God. Because once you get in there, you're getting closer and closer to the presence of God and we'll walk through that. But but there was a curtain up that said that you're here and he's there. The brazen altar, the brazen altar is where sacrifices were made one for the atonement of sins and for praise and thanksgiving. That was the place because look, when someone walked in to the, into the the into uh, through the, the gate of thanksgiving and they're walking into the tabernacle, they had to look at shed blood. They had to look at that and realize blood had to be shed because of sins, because of my sins and because of the sins of all of mankind because God is a just God, right? He would not be just if blood didn't need to be shed for sin. If he said, ah, oh, go ahead and do whatever you want, no, that wouldn't be just, that would let evil rule the world. But God said, no, 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 I want, there will be blood will be shed for the atonement of sins. You know, sin cannot exist in God's presence. It, it, it can't even exist. Once a year, the, the high priest would actually go, all the way through the tabernacle into the place we're going to land today in the Holy of Holies. And what they would do is they put a bell on his belt and they put a rope around his foot so they could hear him jingle as he walked around in there. And if his sins were not atoned for, he would drop dead in the Holy of Holies. I always wonder like what that was like. You go, I ain't going to get him. You go get him. Like you second in charge. You the high priest now. You go in there and get him. Nah, maybe just could drag him out by his foot. Sin cannot exist in the presence of God, which is why Jesus died for us. I'm gonna come back to this idea, but I wanna say this as many times as I can. Heaven and hell is not a sin issue. Sin has been paid. Heaven and hell is an acceptance, a rejection of Jesus' issue. Clear as is that, all right? No, no, like, man, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, he does, because he paid the price for him already. Right after praising God came the blood, because when we praise him, he wants us to remember the cross. He wants us to remember what he's done for us. Yeah. You know, um, let, me, let me give you what a couple of these things mean real quick. Look at Isaiah 53.5. It says, but he was pierced through our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Uh, the chastening of our well being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. Transgression, meaning sin, meaning sin of all of mankind. Inequities is, is a heart condition, right? It, it is that we had sin in our heart. You know, they, they say that from a, 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 since we were made in the image of God, yet there's a sin nature. There's like a double exposure in our heart that there's a side of the Lord that wants to just awaken in our lives in our second birth, but there's a sin nature on the inside of us, the peace. I don't know about you, the place I fight for peace is right in here. It's in my mind, it's the crown of thorns. In his hands, we're wounded. Let Let me just put it to you like this. The nails put in his hand represent the past mistakes we've made that he set you free from on the cross. The crown of thorns that was put on his head is the freedom in your mind that he gives you by what he did on the cross. The spear that was uh, poked into his side that actually punctured his heart is the heart condition that he cured, that he set you free from. The whipping post, or the cat of nine tails, he received that so that your body can be healed. Look, we we gave communion today. We're going to take that at the end, but I want you to remember that 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 Jesus is what happened on the cross. I had a kid ask me one time. He's like, "What what's the what's the like the most important part of what happened to Jesus on the cross?" I said, "All of it. Every part was specific to something He was doing in our lives." Look, the brazen altar is where forgiveness and freedom is received. That that that's the moment where the Lord. I, I I thank you that you've, you've set me free. You've delivered me, Lord. Lord, I, I like let me put the past behind me, Lord God. I, I not give another moment to that. Look, you're always gonna have attacks. As a matter of fact, like even, even as, a, as a preacher, I'll tell you like, so I have a standing appointment every Thursday with fear and doubt. Right? Every Thursday. Anytime I preach, every Thursday, fear and doubt. Like, oh, there you are. You know, what happened is funny. Wednesday night while we're at prayer, and we're at, ooh, Wednesday night was good, y'all. Ooh, I thought like, like, this is it. Jesus coming back. We ain't even gonna be here tomorrow, you know. But uh, but Wednesday night, it, and I was like, oh, you're early. I said, you know what? I'm glad you're here. Let's just go ahead and get this out the way. but Father, what you got to say about this? Because there's fear and doubt wants to rule in my body right now in my mind but my daddy has something else to say about it. You know, I, got, I, have, I have two dogs, and, uh, and one of them, his name's Elliot, he's just this fat Maltese, like, he's fat, y'all. Just big white mop, you know? And, uh, and what's funny is, is, is like, you know, our house has all these stairs, so he's gotta like, <laughs> down the stairs to go to the bathroom. And my neighbors, my neighbors, my neighbor's got these kind of medium-sized dogs. And uh, he tries, he just goes, you know, like, okay, dude. But what's really funny is that, like, so, so I let him out and didn't realize that Chad was walking his dogs. And this little dude just starts bunny hopping, barking away. It was like, that's the cutest and most non-ferocious thing I've ever seen in my life, you know. He bunny hops all the way over to those dogs. As soon as he got to those dogs, he just turned and walked away. He's like, never mind, dude. And I'm walking outside and I'm fussing at him. And you know what he did as soon as I got to him? That fool turned around and started barking again. There's a a difference that happens when daddy's with us, right? There's a, come on, that's right. That's all right. You can amen that. Come on, girl. There's a whole different way that we act when the father's got our back. And in that moment when the enemy comes in, like, hey, you know what? I'm glad you're here. I want you to have a talk with somebody because he, what he says is truth and what you say is a lie. And when, I, and when I allow the light of his truth to be shown over your lie, you gotta leave. Thursday, I was good. The, th- the third thing is the laver. The laver is where the priests would actually, they would clean themselves. Um. It was, it was full of water, but it was also like mirrored. Like it was polished to a point of, of mirroring. You know, I really, some of you know, it. like I, I have a background in jewelry. I really wonder how did they do these things without modern tools? That must've took some fine sandpaper to get that kind. Of, you know, I mean, you didn't have a rotary machine to polish stuff, but they had such a polish on there. You could actually see your reflection. And when the priest would look down in there, he could see if he was dirty at all. This is the moment how my Gen Xers. This is the moment that you check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Hey, I'm bringing all the generations with us today. We're going somewhere. But this is the moment where we begin to say, "Lord, search me." Just as Pastor John was saying, let me even give you a scripture to it. Psalms 139:24. It says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart." Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. There's no better way to put it than that. God, search me. Search my heart. God, what's in here that isn't of you? I give you access to everything. I I don't, you know, so many times we can be like, glad I give you everything, but. It shouldn't be God, but it should be but God, right? like I feel down, but God, not not like you know a God I'll worship you, God, but I just don't take that away. no, 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 it's but God you know this is this is a part where for me personally um. I don't know if I gave him this one or not, but Romans 12:1 says, therefore urge you brothers, brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. This is the moment where I just, I did look at it. So this is the moment where we just, I begin to just present myself to the Lord saying, Lord, today the enemy is gonna wanna use my mind, but Lord, I, I, I submit my mind to you as an instrument of worship. Lord, today the enemy is gonna wanna use my ears. Lord God, they're yours. He's gonna want my mouth. Lord God, let every word that comes out of my mouth be your words, Lord. He's gonna use my heart. He's gonna want my hands. my Lord, I present my entire body to you as a living sacrifice, Lord. And I'm making the decision right now that they're yours, only to be used by you. From here is where we go into the inner court. So there was the outer court, there was the curtains, right? The gate of thanksgiving, the brazen altar, the laver, but then there's another tented area. And there's two parts to this tented area. There's the most holy place and then the holy of holies. We're gonna step into the most holy place. Only a priest could enter this area. And only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. In this area, you'll find a lampstand. The lampstand represents the Holy Spirit, and this is the moment we begin to invite the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. If you're kind of seeing the, 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 the linear move here, like they interact very well, like, right? Like this is, this is a natural process by which we go from just walking in the world to embracing the full presence of God and what he has for us. 11, uh, Isaiah eleven two 2 says, The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The, the, when you begin to invite the Holy Spirit in, these are the things that begin to happen. Some I mean, y'all know we make wiser decisions when we've been in the counsel of the Lord, right? We can make, we can make some rotten decisions on our own. You know, this is the, uh, they say the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is not like I'm scared of him. It's an it's a awe of who he is. It's, it's just like, God, like, I fear not being in rhythm with you. I, I don't fear like making him angry, but I fear like his touch not being on, on my life. Like I fear walking in this by myself because I don't want to go if you don't go. That's what a fear of the Lord means. Look, Galatians 5, and 23 says, but the, spirit, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control against such things. There is no law. First Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14:1 says, pursue love yet desirely, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy, that you may speak over people. Keep that one in mind. You know, the, uh. We love, we love the scripture. We say it all the time. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And let, let, me, let, me, let me phrase it another way. Freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone, right? When you you invite the Holy Spirit, you're inviting freedom. You've already received it, you're inviting it to reign in your body and in your mind and in your heart and in your hands and everything that you do when you invite the spirit of wisdom in. The next thing is the table of shoe bread. This represents the word of God, his provision in our lives. You know, Jesus was led uh, into the wilderness and he was tempted and, and the devil told him, hey, make, make this, these, these things into bread. And Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the Lord, right? Now, when the Bible says word, there's, there's three different things that I could be saying. It could be the graphia, which is the written word of God, right? But there's also the Logos, which is Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the living word of God. But then there's Rhema, which is the revelation that God gives us, right? So so what he's saying is that the the revelation, and let me just put to bed a a few things. All right, we talk about all the different translations of the Bible, and and, uh, NIV is bloodless Bible, all these other things, whatever. Hey, the revelation, the Rhema from God comes the same through every single one. So read the one that speaks to you, Amen. Read the one that speaks to you because the rhema is the same. It is the Lord speaking to us and the Lord speaking to us is what feeds us daily. It is our hope. It is abiding in the Lord. It is like the most important thing any Christian can ever do is just to abide in the Lord with rhema, revelation. Man, when we met earlier, we were in a prayer room and Miss Anita was talking about how uh, uh, people's testimony. Look, your revelation is your testimony. The revelation that the Lord gives you, that is the testimony of what God is doing in you, on you, and through you, amen? Amen. Awesome. All right, now that you've done this, you begin to to have a boldness about you, right? Just like my my dog, Elliot, right? Like you, you, you are now getting to the place where you are preparing for spiritual battle I know sometimes it's hard. The altar of incense is the next one. And this is where things get a little Pentecostal. Let that set in for a moment. Boomers, you're welcome. Our young people have no clue what I'm talking about. That's where, 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 hey, that's where the flags come out. That's where we start jumping up and down. That's where the excitement, that's where my man's on the electric guitar back here and he starts jumping up and down. Come on, it's getting a little, hey, look, we, we are non-dimensional church, but we are Pentecostal. We believe in the move of the Holy Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in healing. We believe in all of those things. And if you have questions about speaking in tongues, you can... See me after, and I'll explain all that. But we believe all those things are still relevant today. The move of the Holy Spirit, he is still moving today. Jesus said he'll be, with you to the, he'll be with us to the end of the age, to the end of this. You know why he'll be with us? Because he had to come to our place. And at the end of this age, we get to go to his place. You know what I mean? Some of y'all can catch that in the car on the way to lunch. Ooh, that was good. Psalm 141, 2. May my prayer be counted as incense before you, the lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. This is where worship gets. This is is where King David worship comes from. This is where dancing before the Lord, I don't care who else is in the room. As a matter of fact, I forget you're here when I worship, right? I'll, I'll open my eyes and be like, man, it's kind of interesting that 50 people Uh, 50 people were added to the room during that last song, but I didn't even know any of you was here. It's always something like when I walk in before service starts and then like at the worship, I look around like, man, glad you're here. So look, please hear this. Waiting on the Lord can be miserable unless you're basking in it. If you're just like, hey, I'm just gonna wait on the Lord to do something and the Lord's saying like, I'm doing something in you and you're waiting for a manifestation on the outside, but what you fail to realize is what I'm doing on the inside is gonna manifest on the outside and bask on what I'm doing on the inside, so that you might see come forth on the outside what he wants to do on the earth, right? So yes, if you're waiting for a manifestation on the outside, it sucks because you're just like, where yet? you know? But he's like, hey, if you bask in it on what he's doing in here, oh man, it's so much better. And let me just say this. Like, look, when we're in spiritual battle, which is, which is the, the place that I'm talking about right now, it's in that place. We don't so much focus, just like Pastor John was saying, we don't focus on the battle. We focus on the Savior. We focus on the Father. We focus on the one who wins, who's ultimately early won the war, and we focus on what he's doing in us that prepares us for that battle to go out and win the war. Yeah. Right? So when we focus more on him than the problem that we have and the solution that we need, we are given that on the inside and then given the ability to walk that out. Sometimes I wish God was like Burger King. I could have it my way right away, you know, or whoever's commercial that is. But God said, I want to have it this way and then we'll have it that way. Look, it's in these moments that we look to rebuke more than just worship. They're like, oh come on, that's that. That's that moment where the enemy wants to start bringing fear and doubt in. there, are like, nah, nah, I ain't having it. Lord God, I'm a father, daddy. What you got to say about this, right? As we begin to say, hey, look, I will not walk in fear. The Lord, the Lord said, I'm the head, not the tail. We just begin to use God's word. Look, the. uh. The table of shoe bread, the word of God. Look, look, the Bible says that that is our weapon, right? The word of God is our weapon used to defeat the enemy. And when he begins to start saying things over you, you begin to use God's word, the graphia, because you received rhema through the graphia and the Logos is using that in your life to be able to fight that battle, right? That's when you begin to fight in the spirit. We refer to it as worship warfare. I'll, I do anyway. But, uh, in this moment, you begin to you can begin to recite the names of God. If you get real spiritual, right? <laughs> Sitkenu, God is our righteousness. Makadesh, our sanctifier. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah Nisi, our banner. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Jehovah Ra, our shepherd. Jehovah Shema. the Lord is always there. That is just about experiencing. God's freedom and these names merely came from an experience that someone had when God set them free and they assigned that name to God that, ex- that, that communicated the experience that they had. That spiritual warfare. That is seeking him and not just speaking to the problem, but talking to him about what he's doing us through us about the problem. I want to invite the worship team. You guys come on back up here. I, uh, I, don't, I don't want this just to be a sermon. I want, I want this to be an experience. In, in the last room, when you go from the most holy place into the holy of holies, there's the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. It was, inside of it was manna, Essentially, it was the miracles that God had performed that they put evidence of of God's miracles in the Ark of the Covenant. Above it was was the mercy seat. And and this is the place where God's leading really happened. This is the place where the, the cloud by day and the cloud of fire by night would rest, right on top of the mercy seat. That is where God leads us from. That is his place that he wants to meet us. Pull up Exodus 25, eight again for me. Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. God is putting inside of you, the holy of holies, the very presence of God the miracles that he'll perform. says, make for a a sanctuary in here. You are a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. The goal of our prayer room is to create an atmosphere and culture for the church to learn to experience the Holy of Holies. We just want to help you get there. We just want to be part of your story. In the Holy of Holies, two things happen. One, you experience him and you intercede for others. Can you grab your communion cups for me? Get those ready. Can you stand up with me? <clears throat> Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. There's no other name by which we can be saved. No other name. As we talked about the, the brazen altar where sacrifices are made, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. Just a little tutorial on this thing right here because somebody's going be like, hold on, I ain't ready. There's two parts. Just lift the plastic piece right here. Peel that back. Hold this up for me. Lord, thank you for being the perfect sacrifice. By the nails in your hands, we have freedom from our past. By the spear in your side, we have freedom in our hearts, Lord. By the crown on your head, we have freedom in our mind. And by the whip that you took on your body, we have freedom in our body. Receive that freedom. Receive the bread. The blood of Christ that was shed on the cross was for the forgiveness of sins for all of mankind. It is about letting the old man die and being a new creation in Christ. It is new life. Receive his forgiveness. Receive the juice. Lord God, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, Lord. Lord, we give you our minds. Lord, we give you our eyes, our mouth, our ears, our hands, our feet, our heart, Lord. Lord, search our hearts. Know our hearts. Lord, see if there's any hurtful way in us. Lord God, lead us in the way of everlasting. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Lord, have your way in us. Lord, we want your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your self-control, the gifts that you have, Lord. Most importantly, prophecy, Lord. Lord, pour out those spirits, that pour out those gifts on us. Lord, give us revelation about the problems we face. Give us revelation about how much you love us. Lord God, give us revelation about the strength that you've put in us. Lord God, give us vision and understanding of what you're doing through us, Lord. Lord, we worship you with everything in us. We worship you. You know, in the, in the most holy place in the holy of holies, we're separated by a veil. You know, what's interesting is in the most holy place, only priests could go. But did you know that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation after God's own heart? But then in the next place, it was separated by a veil only the high priest could go. But when Jesus died, the veil was torn. Opening up you and I to become the very sanctuary for the Lord to dwell. The, the, The Holy of Holies It's not something to learn about, it's something to experience. Would you just take a moment and worship with us today as we just experience who he is, his love, and what he wants to do in our lives, just for a few more minutes. Lord God, I thank you for what you're doing. Lord God, let us experience your love. Lord God, let us experience your presence. Lord God, everything that you want to do, Lord God, have your way in this place. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.